I'm Paul Hamill and you're listening to the Grassroots Coach Podcast, a podcast for grassroots soccer enthusiasts. Regardless of what you do or what drill you apply, I just recommend you do one thing, that, that you ask yourself why you're doing it, but that you take the time and you take the care before you answer that. So saying, this is what we've always done, this is what I was shown, this is what I read in, in a peer review paper, for me isn't good enough personally. When you're thinking about your session, regardless of what level, what age, whatever it might be, you need to strip back and really see why. So I'm doing this one, but I'm not getting engaged with why. In this episode, I speak to Remy Tang, Head of Fitness and Conditioning at Bohemians Football Club, where we discuss all aspects of performance for young players. Remy, great to have you uh, on the podcast. Say your typical grassroots club, right? Your typical grassroots players, my lads are under 15, and you're talking your two to three evenings a week training, right? Um, mm-hmm. And in my time in the FAI, we, we developed a strength and conditioning workshop, which was to try and educate coaches in, I suppose, integrating some kind of strength and conditioning into the training because you've only got two hours a week. Sure. Um, any sure. advice on that? Because, you know, current up-to-date stuff. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a really good question as well, I think, you know, and, and to be really honest first, I have to kind of admit up front, I'm not familiar enough with the space in terms of what's being done currently. So I need to be careful what I say to a certain degree, but I I did think it's two years ago now, prior to COVID, just prior to COVID, with the fitness conference for the FAI, I I presented on, we touched on things like this and I I tried to kind of find a way of applying certain things that I'd learned or certain things that I'd done into an Irish context, perhaps that wasn't as elite. Um, So yeah, I think it can be. I think it's repetition. You know, it depends what age groups you're looking at, but I think it can be incorporated into, into sessions. I don't think it has to be very long. I think, you know, there needs to be an understanding of what kids are doing outside of football, you know, what other sports are they doing, where they're being exposed to. You know, I think that's going to give more details and, and more understanding around what they have, what they are doing. Um, but in terms of basic warm-ups, you know, strength training is just applying force, you know, it's resistance, you know, it, it's simple. It can be body weight, it can be movement. It's just about getting those patterns in place early. And I think it can be very basic and it can be done on pitch. Um, I think the older they get, the more complicated it can look. So what do I mean by that is when they get to a, a point where you've applied certain movements, fundamental movement skills, if you want to call them that, or, you know, you, you haven't, up so to speak and you want to improve their strength and performance so so i think there is there is well well let let me give you some let me give you some specific examples then right so um i'm at under 15 right so 14 year olds um and and my son plays in the team right so i do think two hours a week right um generally a lot of football going on in that practices etc and I think the warm-up generally is, you know, you do a warm-up just because you have to do a warm-up, a, bit, a little bit of get the, get the heartbeat going, a little bit of stretching, and you're hoping they don't pull something when you go into your next activity. Um, my lad here at home, I'd say to him, you probably should be doing a few press-ups and sit-ups in your own time. He doesn't do them. 
So there is a bit of, I think nowadays with young players that they only do it in structured environments. You know, they, yep. outside of that, they're, they're doing everything else that they do, which um, is, you know, and whether that's online or whatever, whatever they're up to. So within that hour of say your, your 10 minute warm up, so, so you have them for that hour, you know, and you're trying to get them focused uh, for, for that hour that you have them. Any tips that, from your experience of, and I know this is quite limited what, what one can do, but even to think about whether it's performance related more so than just football, what coaches and, and the likes of myself could be doing differently or better or more effectively like for, even. Like for me, I think, I think well, several things. So as I'm listening to you speak, I'm trying to process in my brain what you're saying mm. and straight away I'm thinking, okay, what do you want to achieve? There's, there's many different things. Do you want to kind of see them down the line as potentially wanting to increase their strength do you want to improve their movement and it might look different every night but my point simply being is first the why so what do you want to achieve and why and once you have that you know I don't care as you said what the title is given but people particularly playing sports love to be competitive mm. like they love you know coming up against each other and trying to win a task so you know whether you call that the fun or you call it you know competitive I think you need to set the scene. So to give you a very simple answer, you know, you can put people in the athletic position if you want to focus on movement and body position and you can have a little reactive drill going where they have to react to a stimulus, whatever it might be. And then it's first there to grab a bib or to get to a cone or whatever it might be. And, you know, you could have certain rules in the game and certain rules in the game is you can only move in this particular fashion or you can only turn this way. And straight away, you're exposing to certain things. You're actually you know, not necessarily hardcore coaching them, but you're exposing them to things that they perhaps need to be exposed and that's important for their development. So I think creativity is key. I think understanding that these kids need to be motivated. You know, people get, you know, you mentioned it there, elevating blood flow, body temperature, stretching things. I don't think there needs to be a lot of that. I think you need to look at your session, what are they going to be exposed to? And they need to be gradually maybe progressed towards something. If you're going into a drill that involves flat out sprinting or accelerating, a bit of common sense obviously but you know you can change the structure there's no reason why you can't change the structure so body temperature is easy to achieve you know getting players in certain positions can be done quite easily you don't have to be a top kind of fitness coach or snc to do that but make it fun make it competitive and again you're trying to prepare them for the session and what's going to give you the best engagement the best results of the session and that's where you speak about performance again they need to be mentally switched on from it they need to be mentally switched on for the, for the subsequent rest of the session. They need to be physically stimulated. And maybe you want a technical component to it. Maybe it's not specifically technical, tactical to football in that moment, but there needs to be a technical component to it. So, you know, the, the, what I'm trying to say is try to figure out what you want out of that session. Figure out how to be creative and simple is fine. Simple is fine. You find the drills that I do with the senior player at Bowes at times, it's just make them competitive and they can be the simplest thing in the world. But my God, you could hear them three pitches down, yeah, you know, yeah, the roars, yeah. the laughter, the engagement, <laughs> mm. but it sets, it, it sets the standard for the session in ways. So I'm not saying it's always that, but sometimes it's a bit more serious, but for kids in particular, you know, you need engagement. How are you going to get that engagement? And, and sometimes we blame kids for a lack of engagement, but ultimately you always have to start with yourself. So maybe is, is there is there an element with. of and this is probably not the right way to describe it is there an element of it probably is integrating fitness into football but is is it almost masking it that it's not 
they're not working on physical aspects. It's almost like it's just part of your part of your training, whether it's the mental, the, the competitiveness, all that stuff. I think it depends on the age, the maturity. Mm. I think when they're young, yeah, you know, don't make it too structured. A bit more fun around it, like, you know, it's incredible. Like I was only looking back at some video footage still from the time at Liverpool when we started athletic development stuff. Um, there was kind of a, a new new staff came in and I was a part of and I was looking at the videos and I was looking at the youngest, the pre-adolescent, like the really young kids, like that were eight, nine. And I was looking at how they moved and they were showing certain things and how something had to move. And we asked them to do it and it was just unbelievable like how they could execute it. And straight away then, it was then about making it fun and playful. Okay, how can we now get them moving? How can we get them, you know, enjoying this? How can we get the best out of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I think probably comes down to the maturity level, comes down to the group, what works, what doesn't. You probably find the older they get, they can get a bit more structured. You can talk to them a little bit more. You can, mm-hmm. you know, you can describe the why and justify it a bit better. You know, you're doing this drill because you're not great at this and this is what we want to achieve. You know, and this is how we're going to do it. And this, this I think, would really work for you. Whereas if you have a young child, like a pre-adolescent, as I said, it, it looks very different. So, you know, you have a group of 14, but I'm sure there's huge, huge differences in height, maturity. That there's a lot of different things going on at that age, um, mm. in my own experience. And as we obviously know with the growth spurt. So I think whatever works for you, but but find find something that works, you know, and it can be playful once it's engaging. And once it works, I think then you could be onto something. But yeah, it's difficult to answer that for a very large age group of individuals who, who change so much in that period. It's it's very difficult to give one answer for all those age groups. Um, sure, I know I get that. There's a few things come into my head, and I'm going to go over and back with them here. They may may not be in the flow here, but something that and maybe I'm just a little bit overthinking this. Right, I, I've always kind of had a problem with. Um, now, this this can go into the whole philosophy of coaching youngsters where, where you have the kind of the carrot and stick approach, you know what I mean? Being always positive with them, but also whether it's old style or not, the, the kind of punishment aspect of it, right? So, so, you, so you haven't done what you were asked to do well, and there's a forfeit or whatever. And that forfeit was has always been... 20 press-ups, 20 squats, you know, always the physical bit. And in my sure. mind, that was always putting a negative thing on physical development. Do you know what I mean? Because it was always mm-hmm. a punishment, right? Now, I don't know how widespread it still is. And I still think Sorry. you can do it in a fun way. You know, that's okay. But what, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, I do at the odd time, being honest, I'll say, you know, last in the sprint. I, I was doing a thing with sprinting uh, the other day and we ended up in teams sprinted against each other and holding hands. And it was, it was good fun and it was a good team bonding thing as well. But I did bring in the guy who was getting last was getting five press ups, you know, and it was kind of killing right. me to do it. But I was trying to do it in a kind of a fun way. Sure. Um, yeah, so what, what are you thinking in terms of the, the physical yeah. bit as the forfeit? No, like, look, mm. I, I was only speaking to a player in our, in our senior team at Bowes, you know, and he was reflecting back on his time in the UK and he was telling me some very extreme stories relevant to what you've just said. And, mm. you know, I, I've personally never done it. We're, we're, we're kind of, uh, I'm looking for application. So my why, why I'm doing the drill, I want application and I want players to commit, you know, I've got players, you know, currently, if I take percentage of time, 168 hours in a week, I probably have them anywhere from nine to 12 hours, 
from Lucky, you know, and that and that involves everything they do. Not all that is led by me. So their total time, weekly time with the club is about in a League of Ireland club like Bowes, maybe nine percent of their weekly time. If I break that down to the amount of percentage time that I have the players, it's probably even way, way less. So what do I why am I saying is where am I going with it? When I work with them, I have to be very specific and I have to justify my why. So when I'm even in a drill, I, I don't dish out the punishment for a player being too slow because that's not necessarily his fault, you know? Where I deal the punishments yeah. is if it's a reactive drill and they have to think, hmm. I might give a punishment, but the punishment could be two tuck jumps, but I'm calling out his name. And I, I'm loudly, I'm, I'm, I'm announcing to the group that he's just lost his challenge. Now, that challenge, the way to fix that is to think smart, to be more concentrated, to try and switch on more, to try and understand the drill. Mm. It might be just simply because he, he, he can't focus. He's now focusing better than he was five minutes ago. On a physical context, no. Like, we, we, we pair them off. And like, as you mentioned, like, we, we do a thing, like, that's, that's common in football. It's called, we call it hamstring health. And pretty much what we involve is we bring players up to as close as we can their max speed or within a percentage of their max speed. And it's a preventative tool to hopefully eradicate, you know, injuries due to sprinting, such as hamstring strains. Now, we pair them off knowing their speeds. We're in the luxury of having objective data. We're in, in a luxury position that we can kind of pair them off. That we know roughly that should be quite even or, you know, that'll be a good challenge. But you, you might then, we don't punish them. It's more the shame for them getting the name called out that they've lost every time. So right. I, I, I don't... I don't, I'm not a fan. No, as I said to you, the why is everything for me. So if I do something, I have to justify why to myself. And if the player ever asks me, I have to say to the player. Yeah, but but two tuck jumps, for example, is probably like two press-ups. It's kind of minimal, you know, and I suppose it's, exactly. it's, it's not so much a punishment as a, I don't know how to describe it, but recogni- recognition that they could have done better maybe, or as you say, calling out their name. To, yeah, like... Yeah. Like that's the thing for me. Like, if you feel a player isn't applying themselves, that, that's different to the player just being too slow, if you know what I mean. Like, no, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would never, I can never punish someone for being too slow type of thing. <laughs> but I can certainly, I can certainly get very irritated very quickly if they don't apply themselves. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't sit too well with me. So that's, that's when I can probably. And, and by the way, that with younger players, I think is, is a constant challenge for coaches. You know, they, they apply that the young lad, young lad or lady applying themselves because there could be a lot going on. Do you know what I mean? There, yeah, there, yeah. There's a, so many distractions. Um, you Absolutely. know, you don't, you don't know enough about the, the, the player, you know, background where, you know, they come into training, you know, you don't know what kind of a day they've had. You don't have time Absolutely. to get into it, you know, and and that could be a constant challenge in terms of, the, as you said, the application. You know, just not not there. You know, not involved. It's, it's huge. Like it's, I think, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult when you've only got them for two hours a week. Mm. I think to, to to learn enough about them. But ultimately, if you have them long enough, or if you have got an opportunity, learn as much about them. Like, you know, whether the young players in the past in the UK that I work for, senior players I work with now. I, I know I know quite a lot about them because I pride because it's relevant. You know, if they got young kids, you know, that's extremely relevant. You know, had our parents separate, that's extremely relevant. You know, that's going to impact them. You know, are they, are they away from home? You know, naturally, it's been touched on, I think, in this pod, podcast and different ones, different episodes about kids going across from Ireland to, to England. You know, that, you know, what are the, the stresses that they have to deal with? You know, the, the mental, psychological challenges that are set there. So I think context is key. You know, um, I think that the better understanding you have, 
as to why a child's not applying themselves or, or why you're not getting the best out of them, I think, you know, the better you understand that, the better you can maybe target that. And, and to reflect on yourself as well, how you're, how you're engaging with that kid. Yeah. Yeah. You, you beat me to it. Like, oh, but I think oh. it always starts with yourself. I mm. think we're very easy, you know, human nature, perhaps to a certain degree, but we're very quick to see who's not doing what's being asked, but why are they not doing what's being asked and who does that start with ultimately? And not, and not and not focusing on the the ninety percent that are doing it, <laughs> you know. But that that's mm. it. I mean, yeah. I, I I think I when something goes wrong, when we you know to reflect to give you the most obvious example, and 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 this can be any level. I don't mean it like that. But the other night, obviously, we drew with Rovers one all. Then a man sent off, and we didn't perform second half perhaps as well as we'd like. But but the first thing you do is instead of look at the players, like you look at what you've done, what what could you've done different? Like what did that week look like leading in? Mm. You know what did the two weeks look like? What did we do different? What, what you know? And and from all the angles, you've got to look at that and you start with yourself. What will I do different? What do I need to recommend to the management? What did the players not get? But my point that I'm simply making is that I always should start with yourself because that's what you can directly impact in the most easiest way plus you're the people you're the person putting on the session you're the person openly responsible so yeah i think sometimes we're quick to be reactive but what about being proactive what about looking at the situation saying okay learn a little bit more about the player would be useful but what can you do for that player to engage in more you know is it just too stale are we doing the same 10 15 minute warm-up where we do our stretches and our running like you know is yeah. that really setting the scene for the next passenger you might do or possession drill or game related practice you might go into you know is that is that a staircase approach are, are you doing the right things what could you be doing different you know and, and try be a little bit different a bit more creative and, and I think you know seasons are long regardless if you're a child or you're a senior player you know seasons go on for quite a while and there's a lot of stuff in life that goes on they, they need to enjoy it even I, professional I, I find Remy with, with younger players that you know, say say you think about the match at the weekend, right, where I might want to win that game. Now, I'm not overly concerned about winning leagues and mm. stuff, but I want I always want to compete in the game, right? Yeah. Um, and if that means winning or drawing or, you know, losing by a goal or two, that that to me is competing, you know, uh, and, and the effort that, that the players put in. But I don't necessarily think they all, all these young lads feel the same about winning because my own boy you know he gives us all but once the game is over he he's on to the next thing which is a great way to be you know and and i think that's important for coaches to kind of go you know you can't get inside the head of 16 players or whether they're young or old you know in terms of what they're trying to get out of the game on a saturday because it could be completely different to what you're hoping to get out of it absolutely I think, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I don't want to go down a, <laughs> I don't want to go down the tunnel here now and talk about. No, but but internal winning motivation, on the late yeah, level, but, but in but I, in I, but internal motivation is a huge thing. It's huge, and I think you have a group of individuals at the end of the day, and we all think different, and we all want different things. Like, but one thing we have in common is we all enjoy football. The difference mm. is we all enjoy perhaps different elements of the game at that age. You know, it, it's it's, I think it's the acknowledgement of that. You know, but. Yeah, I suppose it comes down to your, well, your purpose again. Like you're a coach of the team, you're there to create a platform for kids mm. to engage, to have fun. You know, certain coaches are out there. You know, if you're looking, you know, more kind of academy settings in the UK, it's to the it should be to develop players, individuals for the first team, um, or beyond. 
but mm. but mm. we all get caught up in winning, don't we? Really, and and and, and you know, I'm not here. Well, to, well, to well, I, well, I do in a game context, and no, no, I don't actually. I I just want to be competitive in that game, and and what I mean by that is that we're in the game, or that we're trying to be in the game. Do you know that we're not? You know, if you if you lose a couple of goals, that the heads don't completely go down and, and they they fall apart. You know what I mean? And to see to see progression in that, I suppose, of competing on match day, I suppose. Now, now I could be totally wrong, do you know what I mean? But that's what I that's no, my like listen, that's the beauty of it. We all have opinions, yeah. but yeah, of course. I, I, I can I can find myself in that a, a lot more personally speaking. Like I think yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I think there's different, like, it depends on the way I'm looking at it. Like, for, for me, ultimately, to give you an example, in the UK, there's, there's, there's clubs, big clubs, big Premier League clubs, where there's coaches, and they speak about development, but when the game comes, it's all about winning. Hmm. And they will substitute a player if they feel, for the sake of the result, that that's the right decision to make. Hmm. And they will chase the results, regardless of what they say. And I think limited exposure that that's probably common practice in a lot of countries not at every club you know i'm sure it's common here yeah but you know i'm not always sure that that's the right way to go um it it isn't if if you're talking about development if you're talking about you know young players development in terms of not forget reaching the top or getting professional careers but just in in their development it's it's not the right way to go, is it? It's not. No, it's, it's, no. it's a selfishness from a club's perspective, from a coach's perspective, ultimately that they want to win the game. You know that that, that is what it comes down to, isn't it? Really. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's it wouldn't be my way. Um, but mm. again, it's easy to say that because maybe some clubs judge their academy teams on results. Well, that's it. And and listen, I, I have a great grounding with my my own lad here. You know, and and my grounding always is why do I want him playing and why does he want to play? So it's, it's a combination of, of, of both, because I think sometimes as, as a parent, your kid doesn't really know what he wants or her, she wants. Sure. So sometimes you have to guide them in that way. And my grounding is always, what do I want out of it for him? Also, I'm getting a lot out of it. Let's not, you know, let's not, um, try and hide that. You know what I mean? I get a lot out of being involved and being involved with him and um, the time spent together, but certainly um, if I was to look at it as a parent, why do I want him involved? Well, it's very simply, you know, team sports are good to be involved in, uh, you know, to meet friends and to be part of a team and all that kind of stuff. And I think a big thing is um, to avoid all the other things if they weren't involved. Do you know what I mean? So if he wasn't going to train and he'd probably be on his Xbox. Sure. You know, so so it's almost like, well, that is a reason because they don't meet up in the park anymore for unstructured play very rarely. So it, ha- it kind of is structured as where, where the kids tend to, to go to now. But and as they get older, maybe those other things can become maybe more kind of negative type of things. You sure. Know, that, yeah. Th- there's an umbrella term like often used for this, the kind of stuff you're talking about, like physical literacy. And, um, you know, in terms of models, what, what kind of are leaders at the minute? Like you've got, you've got Australia and Canada who've got really nice models in place and they talk more about just, you know, for, from a, even a health perspective, they talk more than just obviously the benefits of actually being physical active, physically active, but they talk about kind of the, the mental benefits, you know, the emotional benefits, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there is, there is countries, I think everyone's really caught on to that, if I'm, if I'm really honest with you. Um, I think we are becoming obviously a far more sedentary population worldwide. I know Ireland is, is very guilty of it. Um, 
so it, it makes a lot of sense to me the approach you're taking there. I think that's something that can certainly hopefully and will improve in the near future in this country too. I know that there's awareness and there's enough expertise within this country even to kind of step forward to tackle it. It's, it's a bit crazy to me and, and you've kind of, you know, touched on it there already is that there is a lot of expertise in this country, if I'm really honest with you. Um, a lot of good people, a lot of good people with a lot of knowledge, but yet it doesn't seem to be implemented from what I can see. Not to where, where it could be at. Maybe I, I want I want to go back to pick you up on, on a couple of uh, small things. So you had mentioned earlier about young players and their training load, you know, that they, they could be, you know, being aware of, you know, sports they're playing during the week and stuff like that. The, is there any kind of tips, practical tips, even around growth spurt and stuff like that? Because bearing in mind that obviously volunteering, you know, you, you're, you're giving up that two hours, three hours a week, four hours for a game sure. and stuff. Any, is there any easy ways of being aware of training load? And let's say, for example, you are aware of your player is doing GAA a couple of days, you know, was training every, every day of the week. Sure. Anything you can do with that because you, you're, you're, you don't, you're not in, you don't have that luxury of tailoring training for two or three guys that you're aware of and others are only playing soccer, you know? I think, I think an awareness of what, of what kids are doing, mm. um, away from your, let's say your team, your sport where you're exposing to, I think some telltale signs are, are simply burnout, you know, signs of fatigue, kids that are irritable or anxious, etc., seem stressed out. I think, I think there's certain things you, you must kind of identify if you're going to pull them from something, um, f- from sports in general, it, it's really difficult, I think, to give a prescription on that, to say, this is what a 14-year-old should be doing. You know, we're talking chronological age. When you look at biological age, they, they tend to differ drastically. So ultimately, is there any detriment to performance? If a kid's doing too much, I couldn't sit here and prescribe to you, they should only do Gaelic football two days a week, hurling one day a week, etc., or yeah. football, whatever it might be. Hmm. I find that very hard, but we do need to have an awareness that when growth spurts take place, um, that there is certain, that they're they're vulnerable to certain things, to certain types of injuries. um, And they're going to be exposed to a lot more fatigue in general, just because their body's changing so much and extensively. So there needs to, I think, be an awareness, but people will naturally, I think, see the signs, whether that is change in height or simply, that the, that the kid looks very lethargic or suddenly doesn't move as coordinated. Just, just on that change in height, say practically, what if if you notice that kind of growth spurt, for want of a better word, term, right? Yeah. That you do notice. What what can a coach do, or what should a coach do? Is it maybe more rest or saying to a, a player, you know, rest out, or just be more conscious of observing that player? I, I think I think your, your patience threshold needs to increase. I think you're going to see awkwardness and movement. I mm. think you're going to see things like endurance capacity perhaps decrease. You're maybe going to find that the players are going to get niggles. Um, but I think ultimately what a coach should do first and foremost is just acknowledge it, as you said, mm. and just have patience and to know that this is temporary, that this yeah. is just the part that some kids go through more aggressively than others, but this is a part of, of, of maturing and growing up. So it's not necessarily the finished product. So, you know, you often see kids that are very small or very agile, very quick, very coordinated at a young age. And then they come to that period of rugby in chronological years, 12 to 14, and they suddenly shoot up and it all changes. Well, again, if it comes back to that coach who, who's out to win the game and is very frustrated and is all about chasing the result, 
that could lead to an issue. That that could obviously lead to yeah. poor feedback from the coach. It, it, it could affect a number of things in the child's development moving forward. So ultimately, I would say is acknowledging it and just generating patience and hanging in there mm. and managing the kid, perhaps. You know, if he's struggling in the game, you know, be, be a bit more... And, and I guess, and I guess, and I guess, communicate with the parents perhaps as well. If if you maybe think ah. that there there is something like like the the sport he's I going think it's communicate with the parents. I think mm. it's have communication with the, with with the, with the child with, with mm. the individual that you're talking about. The you yeah. you know, um, I think that's key. But ultimately, it's to have an understanding, to be patient, to realize this isn't permanent, but this is something that they're going through, and you need to be very respectful and mindful of it. That's mm. it in a nutshell for me. Right. So okay. you don't need to be an expert, but you do need to be aware. Just to finish up with you, I, I always ask contributors in the podcast to, to give us a tip, tip or a trick um, that they use, that, that, you know, their go-to drill, maybe their go-to um, exercise or just maybe something you've picked up over the years. And, and I always give one of mine and, and you're probably going to balk at this, right? So I'll, I'll, no, I, won't, go for it. I, won't, I won't look at your, uh, your, your uh, reaction to me. An exercise I picked up just, and, and this is in the context of not having a lot of time, not a lot of training, pitch time, right? And I probably would describe it like, you know, the, the suicides in basketball, right? So it is, you know, the suicide was always, you know, you go to the first line and the halfway line and the third line and, and, and up and back. Sure. So it is a shuttle run that I use. Now, it's something I picked up on the, on the English fitness diploma, which is a number of years ago. And it is a shuttle drill. I have a cone at 15. I have a cone at 30. So 15 uh, out. And I have a cone at 45. And it's first shuttle back, second shuttle back, third shuttle back, which is 180 steps, yep. let's call it. And I give sure. them 30 seconds to complete it. And I do that maybe with rest in between three or four times. Okay. And that to me, as a kind of endurance, speed endurance type exercise is almost enough for me to keep them ticking over. So the reasons I do it is because it doesn't take long to do. And I feel it just keeps them ticking over. So you haven't okay. fallen off the seat, which actually is, is not a bad how, re- how, reaction. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, is, is it an all out? So they have to do that as yeah. quick as they can. Well they, get, the well, they get full rest, a minute at least rest. Right. Okay. So I'm really okay. looking for that full out for that, 30 seconds so so for me and i'm not answering your question the way you wanted so i apologize but it is something i'm dying to say like for me anything you decide to do mm. with with an individual be it young or old and i've said it a few times probably already so apologies for this but it's the why mm. all right so for me it's with, with, with your example of a shuttle run why am i doing it mm. okay so first and foremost in my mind it might be to do a shuttle based test i want to have a gauge of their aerobic capacity. I want to know where they're at roughly, you know, I want to have a, a gauge that I consistently know, okay, that's roughly where the aerobic endurance is going to be at. So for me, that that's probably one of the things I'd ask. Then then I think it needs to be repeatable. So for me, I'd be very particular about, right, it needs to be a fixed restoration. It needs to be done gotcha, similar yeah. time, similar yeah. day a week, mm-hmm. post-game, pre-training. Like, so you can, you can strip it back. But what I'm trying to say is regardless of what you do or what drill you apply, I just recommend you do one thing, that, that you ask yourself why you're doing it but that you take the time and you take the care before you answer that. Mm. So saying, this is what we've always done. This is what I was shown. This is what I read in, in a peer review paper. For me, isn't good enough personally. 
So for me, you need to strip that back a bit more. So when you're thinking about your session, regardless of what level, what age, whatever it might be, you need to strip back and really see why. So I'm doing this one, but I'm not getting engaged in why. Or why are they not doing it? And then, okay. Do you, do you like that drill or not? It depends what I want to know. Like, <laughs> like for me, for me, no. no I, I wouldn't right. be too interested in that one. It's not yeah. wrong. It, it, it's, it's certainly not wrong. It's, it's, as I said to you, if, if you're getting a gauge off your players and, and you're comfortable with it and, and you know, you're used to seeing it, it, it wouldn't be my way, but then there's many different ways. For me, for um, me, it's an easy to tell you, to answer the why, right? The, the why would be that that drill in entirety takes me eight minutes. Yeah, and, just, and for me, that's almost like keeping them ticking over. And that that's the why, whether whether rightly or wrongly, that's the why bit. It, ta- it doesn't take much okay. time to do it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I would be very particular about my dimensions, repeatability, you know, hmm. what day you do it on kind of uh, how fresh are they yeah uh, i'd be interested in certainly <laughs> me i'd be anal about the rest time the, okay. the work the rest yeah, radio it's great like great feedback for me um I, w- I would be yeah and 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 ultimately you know i'd be interested in playing position i'd be interested in what age the, the individual is in quest yeah. you know if it's, if it's pre-adolescence you know I, I probably wouldn't bother i wouldn't do anything like it you know if it's a bit more like your son's age yeah maybe maybe start Sorry, when you say room. pre-adolescent, what, what yeah, age so, are you so, thinking, so prior, talking of? Yeah, so, so, so ultimately, you know, prior to the onset of puberty, so to speak, mm. is, what, is what I'm more referring to. So, you know, if they're under the age of 12 for me, okay. I, I mm. wouldn't, I wouldn't sure. be bothered. Gotcha, no, yeah, no interest yeah. personally. Um, if they're probably age 15, 16, I'd probably start getting a bit more of an interest in developing that within yeah. players. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, maybe that's your tip and trick. You know what I mean? Is is the why? Now I'm I'm not giving you your tip or trick, but that that might be. Well, that's what I'm taking from it. You know. Yeah. So 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 for me, like it's like saying to a player, like friends in the gym, someone might say they should be doing like uh, power lifts, like squats and deadlifts, and the next person might turn around and say they should be doing single legged exercises. Most of the game is played in single legs, so they should be doing split squats and they should be doing single leg RDLs. Like you could justify the value of both, you know, it's, it's just ultimately getting to the point where one is better than the other. And I think regardless of how deep and to what level you go, you, you need to go as deep as you possibly can within reason. So, you know, if you're putting on a drill for a player, you know, if you said to me, for instance, I want, I want them, you know, their mentality to grow. I don't want them to give up. I want them to employ themselves. Like you mentioned in the games, I want a consistency of application of effort you know, which I think is important, regardless if they're 1-0 up or 1-0 down. Well, then if you said to me, I use that drill because it's easy for me to administer, you know, I, I think there's a there's a fitness benefit from it, which there probably is at some level, you know, and I think from a mentality perspective, you know, it makes them a bit, you know, I, I can see it in them that they're, they're, they're focused and they're applying themselves. Mm. Well, then who am I to turn and say that that's wrong? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. to you, perhaps I would do it differently for these mm. reasons. Mm. This is yeah. more what I'm interested in. But who am I to say was wrong? And I think that's where we get hooked up a little bit. And a lot of people do that. You know, it's about your environment. Your environment is unique. You're a group of individuals. Are individuals, as as the word describes, it's unique. And so by the way, more... that that's a huge thing. I, I actually tweeted about it this morning. There was there was a uh, there was a piece on News Talk uh, Breakfast about. Uh, um, about sport for kids and, and I think the environment and when I mean environment I mean the facilities are, are a huge um, aspect of it you know the size of area that you have available to you do you know what I mean because because you know the resources aren't endless and sure. you know you may end up on 
third of an astro pitch or, or smaller or whatever, you know. So the, so the role of the, the coach, the, the grassroots coach is, is very challenging, you know, in terms of trying to be very adaptable to what you're trying to do and the area you have. And, and like I have 18 players, for example, you know, so you're trying to find things within what can be small areas, not ideal sure. uh, areas to work within, you know. You know? I, I, I picked up on that, t- to be honest, in terms of the, some of the environments that we've even been in training. You know, I, I've seen the younger ages and I've seen some of the area size you're talking about. I think that's probably more of a common issue among clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's tough. You know, I, it, that, that would be my, my nuggets type of thing, if I'm really honest. It's, yeah. it's almost like just really thinking and understanding what you're doing, not because it's just typical, it's the norm, it's what somebody told me to do it's what i read somewhere it's like stop and think about it sure you know and and you might not be a fitness coach or whatever it is you might not be a physiotherapist in terms of things that you do but you can still apply some element of knowledge and common sense to what you're doing and sometimes we forget that sometimes you know we do certain practices even at at, at a professional level where you know it isn't necessarily proven to work but we do them but is it really the best thing? And, and, and you know, common examples could be getting players in to do a recovery session when really they could spend the extra three or four hours in bed. You know, we all know sleep and nutrition are king when it comes to recovery of players. So nobody can really argue with that. Well, nobody should. Um, but when you bring them in for a foam roll or an ice bath or contrast therapy, etc., you know, that's not the most bang for your book. So should we leave them in bed and just not get them in because it looks like the professional right thing to do? So that's just... A simple example, but my point simply being is everything you do, have a think, you know, as, as why, why am I putting this real on today? All right, I want to work on this. Good enough. Why am I doing it this way? Great. All right. But sometimes, like you mentioned, the warm up, you know, people do it because that's the thing to do. Yeah. Well, that's not maybe good enough. Maybe you can make that better. Well, maybe- see, when you think of the warm up, right, within an hour of your two hours a week, it's quite a significant amount of time, you know, huge. if you're taking 10, huge. 15 minutes of that one hour, you know, it's huge. Mm. it's huge and, and it doesn't have to be necessarily you might choose for it to be because you want it to be for various reasons mm. but what what does it really require you know and yeah. and i'm not saying you shouldn't speak to people you shouldn't read to literature you should by all means but you should use that and look at it critically and and see how that resonates with you and then do what you think based on all the information you've gathered works best for what your environment is and what you do check out the grassrootscoach.com community of grassroots soccer coaches for the sharing of knowledge and best practices.